Welcome to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. Each week brings a new message that looks to invite you into a new life brought by Jesus Christ. We hope you are inspired and changed by God by the message brought by today's speaker. Good morning to you all. Uh, it's good to, good to see you, and good morning to all you who are joining um, via technology. I know oftentimes I don't uh, recognize that, but I'm, I'm aware uh, that there are those who tune in, and, and uh, we're glad that you are joining us as well. And so what a wonderful wonderful time of the year for the church and for us as well. And I'm so thankful for the opportunity to to do the very best that I can to relate to you all that God has for us. So if you would take your Bibles and, and open them up to the Old Testament prophet of Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9, and we're going to be reading some very familiar words this morning. And as we do, it is my prayer that God would speak to us in a real and magnificent way. And as you're turning over to Isaiah chapter 9, I want to relate to you this morning the the big idea, the the main thing that I wish to communicate is that peace that trends transcends, that goes beyond understanding, is Christ's gift to us, is his gift to you and to me. Now, I could ask this, but it would probably be pretty unanimous. How many of you like getting gifts? You like getting gifts? You can raise your hand. How many of you this morning, yeah, you say, when it comes to gifts, as long as it's a good gift, I'm all in. Because uh, I heard last week about the rubber chicken. <laughs> and we, in East Liverpool First Church, we had something similar, except it was this big, uh, big, crazy stuffed duck. And so that must be a Nazarene tradition that, uh, that I missed on. But the reality is, we, we, we truthfully, in our humanness, we love receiving gifts. And so peace is a gift that transcends our mind's ability to understand, and it is a gift from Jesus to us. And I just want to encourage you today, in this season, to receive his gift of peace. In Isaiah chapter 9, beginning at verses number 6, we read the words of the prophet, these words that were penned, concerning Jesus, concerning the Messiah, uh, over 700 years before that night in Bethlehem would take place. And Isaiah chapter 9, beginning at verse 6. And if you are able, would you please stand for the reading of the word this morning? Isaiah writes, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. 
of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you. We thank you today for the hope that we have in Jesus Christ as we, as we talked about last week. But Father, I also am thankful today that Jesus is, as Isaiah penned, the Prince of Peace. And I pray today, Father, that no matter what is going on in our world, whatever difficulties or calamities or, or circumstances that seem to be outside of our control, that, that would scream chaos, that we would take a moment and realize that peace, true peace, real peace, is within our grasp. Help us in these moments to, to receive the gift that only you can give to us in these days. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. As you look out into our world today and into our culture today, it is admittedly hard, difficult to imagine a world of complete peace. Just this morning, as when I woke up and, and looked at some of the news feeds that I look at, I saw again a, another story of two individuals who were shot in downtown Youngstown last night. And this seems to be a, a regular occurrence. And as we look out into our world, it is hard for us as human beings with all the chaos that is going on around us to imagine a world of complete peace. Even when you focus, as we bring it down into our world, even when you focus on your own family, it can be difficult at times to imagine a conflict-free week within the household. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> in your household? Now, I can't say amen because I'm usually the one who disrupts the peace. Um, I'm pretty sure it's not listed in the spiritual gifts, but I'm pretty sure that it's one. Um, I am well known and well gifted uh, to jump up and down on people's last nerve. But the reality is it's difficult to imagine a, a week without conflict a week of peace and tranquility, wouldn't that be nice? Let alone an entire world filled with peace. And as our thinking goes to even some of the simplest of things, decorating a Christmas tree. Have you and your families ever gotten into conflict over decorating the Christmas tree and which decorations to use. We don't use those ones. Those ones go on the other tree. And uh, you know, who does the lights and who does the star or the angel? The reality is conflict is everywhere. And that was kind of a lighthearted thing because as I said, I like to I like to I like to make trouble where there is none. The reality is, would you be surprised? in the midst of everything that is going on around us, in the midst of all the chaos, all the mess, would you be surprised to learn the answer 
to peace resides in a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. In the passage that we read this morning from Isaiah, and as I, as I mentioned, these words were penned over 700 years before that night in Bethlehem. And in this passage, we see Isaiah prophesying about the coming Messiah, about Jesus. This time, in this passage of Scripture, he gives him these wonderful titles, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. The government that Jesus is in charge of, his government, will never stop growing and will never run out of peace. In a world of conflict, this is difficult for us to imagine. But what does it mean? And how do we embrace the peace that Jesus has for us in the midst of all this upheaval in our world and sometimes even within the church? Well, Honestly, I can't think of any better way or method or avenue to learn from, uh, to learn about peace than from the Prince of Peace himself. So let's see what Jesus has to say about peace. Over in the Gospel of John in chapter 16 and verse 33, these are the words of Jesus. If you have a Bible that has the red letters, these would be in red. And this is what Jesus says. He relates to his disciples, that, that band of fishermen and outcasts and misfits, this band of folks that he's gathered around him. He says to his disciples in the Gospel of John 16, 33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. First of all, Jesus has been telling his disciples all about how he has to leave them, and there's so much more that he wants to share with them, but the time is short and he simply can't. He's also promised to send the Holy Spirit and, and like I said, this, these ragtag bunch of misfits, outcast fishermen, they, they, they can't understand. Their minds can't grasp exactly what Jesus is saying. But, but listen, when Jesus is telling them is the truth, he's letting them know what's going to happen to them. And at the end of this chapter, chapter 16, we get these words. In me you may have peace. In this world you'll have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. Over 2,000 years ago, Jesus shared these words with his disciples. And the truths that he shared then are as just as relevant and just as powerful for you and me today. In many ways, we have the added bonus of knowing the reality that Jesus was telling the truth. We understand that he wasn't misleading them. We, you and I, can know, and as the old saint would say, know that I know that I know that I know. 
We know that we can trust him. We know that Jesus died on that cruel Roman cross. We know that he was laid in a borrowed tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. We know that we know that we know that we know that it was a borrowed tomb because after the third day, it was going to be vacant once again. And we know that he ascended to heaven. And we know that he ripped the keys of hell and death from the enemy so that you and I have to never fear uh, what has been deemed the final enemy. You and I don't have to fear what we used to fear. Having peace in Jesus means believing in and trusting everything that he did. It doesn't mean, unfortunately, it doesn't mean you're not going to have problems. <laughs> It doesn't mean you're not going to have conflicts. It doesn't mean that you're going to have opposition. I read something not too long ago, and it says, don't be surprised if you face opposition in this world. Be surprised if you don't. Be surprised if you don't. In fact, truthfully, when you and I uh, whether it was an altar like this or at a camp meeting, or for me it was in my bed, when we knelt down, uh, professed and confessed Jesus as our Savior, invited him into our life, we, in that moment, though we registered our name in the Lamb's Book of Life, we also declared war because we have an enemy. In fact, your allegiance to the kingdom of heaven puts you in direct opposition to the world. We stand against the world. And friend, it gives me no pleasure to say this. You can expect trouble come knocking at some point or another. And if you say to yourself, well, I really don't have any trouble. I really haven't experienced any trouble. Let me encourage you. Hang on. Because it's coming. I heard an old preacher say, uh, there are three things about life you can be sure of. You're either in a storm. You're either coming out of a storm or you're going into a storm. The reality is, as Christians, as his ambassadors, as his representatives in this world, we stand in direct opposition to much of what the world has to offer. And we can expect trouble. But even so, let me encourage you this morning, even so, you and I can have peace. Deep peace, peace that resonates in your soul, no matter what, no matter what may come your way. Deep, deep, true, abiding peace. It's something that is difficult for our finite human minds uh, to understand. Uh, in his letter to the Philippians, the Apostle Paul gives us a glimpse, just a glimpse into the peace-filled life. In Philippians chapter 4, the, uh, re, beginning at verse 4, Paul writes, Rejoice in the Lord always. And if it's not enough that he says it once, 
he repeats, well, what about when, you know, the neighbor puts his trash cans out in front of my car? What happens when, you know, the, the last parking spot at the store is taken? What happens when, when, you know, that person who jumps up and down on my last nerve is, is right there greeting me? Paul says, that's not in there. Don't look for it. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. <laughs> Let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. In every situation, in every circumstance, whether good or bad, we, we present our requests with thanksgiving to the Lord. As we let go, <laughs> we human beings have a hard time of letting go of things and give them to God. The power that that is unleashed is something amazing and it's something amazing that happens within us and it's something that overcomes the the worry that we have within us i'm not going to ask you to answer this out uh you know visually or out loud but do you worry i heard an old preacher say uh, worry is a down payment on a problem you may never have and that's true Worry, worry is a down payment on a problem you may never have. In every situation, whether good or bad, we, we present a request to, with thanksgiving to the Lord. And when we do, we trade anxiety for peace. We trade fear for rejoicing. We trade suspicion for faith. And amazingly, divinely, even miraculously, the peace of God we have in Jesus guards our hearts and our minds. This is a deep personal, and it's many times difficult to explain kind of peace. In my own life, I've been, I've been in these situations, and, and I've related a lot about uh, my uh, journey of health and all that I've gone through in the past 18 years. But, but one question that I'm asked uh, several times throughout the year is when they were wheeling me down to the, uh, to the operating room uh, in order to receive the gift of life from a person, I don't know who they are, I don't know who the family is. The only thing that I know about the donor of my kidney was that they were a young person. And as I was uh, wheeled down into that little waiting room before uh, they would take me into the operating room, uh, it was completely empty and they put me right in front of a clock. And when you're all alone in a room with nobody in it and there is a clock right there, you stare at the clock. And so that's what I did. And and in those moments, the Lord and I had a conversation and, and a little bit of it, I won't give you the, the, the whole details, but a little bit of it is, uh, was a conversation went like this. Lord, I'm about to go into this 
uh, operating room and hopefully receive this gift that is going to be so so great for me. Uh, but e either way, I'm either going to come out and see my family in a few hours or I'm going to wake up and see you and either way I'm okay with that. And there are folks who said, well, weren't you afraid? Weren't you, weren't you fearful in that situation? And I have to honestly say, I wasn't. There was, there was a peace. It wasn't for me. If you know, if you really know me, I'm the type of person that panics at the littlest of things. The person that, you know, you get pulled over by the police. I'm the person, you know, just sticking his hands out. You know, I don't know what I did, but take me to jail. I'm that person. I panic. But in that moment, there was no panic. There was a peace, and it wasn't for me because I'm not that way. You know, in my own humanness and my own personality, I imagine how things can go wrong 14 different ways uh, than they truly uh, do or can. But there was a peace. It was a miraculous peace. It was the peace of God. And it is not just for me, it's for all of us. And peace, true peace, abiding peace is Christ's gift to each and every one of us. Have you ever read through the Gospels and found yourself just absolutely marveling at how Jesus encountered some of the interactions that he dealt with and the situations that he found himself in? And he always, he always seemed to, to keep his cool. I mean, there were several times that people were outright trying to kill him. And he just seemed, yeah, this is just another day. Now, I understand that he's the God of all the universe, and he's omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent, and I know that he knew the end from the beginning, and I knew all of that, but in my humanness, I'm like, man, if I could just have a little bit of that, that coolness, that calmness, that peace, when things aren't going about my way. Think about it. He was interrogated by the leading Jewish leaders of the time, uh, on multiple occasions, the crowds tried to grab him and kill him. And top of it all, he willingly, he willingly chose to travel day after day after day for that period of three years with an individual that he knew would betray him to death. And yet, there was a peace about him. And, and I realize that God is incarnate and that he probably knew and does know things that we don't. But Jesus, in those moments, had complete and total trust in the Father. He had complete and total trust in who he was and what he was doing. And he had peace in the midst. Even in the Garden of Gethsemane, as he was crying out to the Lord, to the Father, if there be any way for this cup to pass for me. But nevertheless, your will, not mine. There was, there was an attitude of peace. Peace in every situation, in every circumstance. And the peace that Jesus has is a peace that you and I can have too. Listen to what Jesus himself, and, and, and quite honestly, I didn't catch this for for quite a while. Listen to what he tells his disciples in John chapter 14, 
in verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Did you catch it? Did you catch it? My peace. The peace that I have. The peace of Jesus is a whole lot more powerful than the peace that Jamie can offer you. I don't give to you as the world gives. We can be thankful that Jesus offers us his peace. Peace is a gift of Jesus. It's different from the things that the world gives. And just like other gifts, it is our responsibility to receive it well. Let me ask you a question this morning. What have you received from the world lately? This month? This year? And let me ask you another question as I close this morning. Are you ready to receive his peace today? As we looked at last week, the hope, the true hope that you and I have and can have is because of who Jesus is and what he has promised to do in and through our lives. He is the light that shines in the darkness. And you and I can share the light of Christ with others by sharing the hope we have. But, but this week, we know that we can also have peace, true peace that transcends our our mind's ability to understand. And we, and we enter into that peace by letting go of all that troubles us. I know that's easier said than that. That's easy for you to say. You don't have to pay my bills, preacher. But let me encourage you. When we let go of all that troubles us and give ourselves over to the ever-capable hands of Jesus, and in return, we receive his gift of peace, of divine peace, of soul-calming peace. So let me encourage you today and ask you, what, what is it that you need to let go of today? What is it that's keeping you from experiencing the peace of Jesus? What today do you need to place into his hands in order to truly take advantage of this gift of peace? And what is it that you need to do today in order to receive his gift? Thanks for listening to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. We hope you were inspired by this week's message. We'd love for you to join us on a Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. We are located at 3924 High Street Northwest in Warren, Ohio. You can also join us on Facebook Live. For more information about our ministries, or if you'd like to contribute to our ministries online, visit us at championnaz.org.